School PR professionals spend a week or two each year networking, if they're lucky. We pour into this professional development and the conversations drive us in our work. Collaboration is one of the best parts of our job, but then we go back to our daily work and the buzz of bright conversations and innovation starts to wear off. Welcome to School PR Happy Hour. We seek to create a shared space of collaboration and an opportunity to continue those conversations long after the closing sessions of our state and national conferences. We are a community, a community of communicators that lean on each other in hard times and learn from each other regularly. This podcast is about just that, getting to know each other better and sharing our passions about furthering education one story at a time. Hey, School PR Happy Hour, welcome back. My name is Erin McCann and welcome to the year 2021. Wow, I don't want to speak for any of our listeners, but personally, I have never been so ready for a new year. Now, since this is our first episode back from hiatus and our very first episode of 2021, we knew that we needed an extra special guest. So I'm not going to leave you waiting. Without further ado, I am delighted to welcome Barbara Hunter, APR, who is our new Inspirit Executive Director. Barbara, thank you so much for joining us. Erin, thank you so much for having me. I am just so happy to be here. It means so much that you've taken time out of your very, very busy schedule. I know you're running in all directions to sit and talk with us today. So we like to start by just asking our guests to sort of explain and share their journey through school PR. And I definitely want to hear all about your journey, how you began, and then what kind of led you to seeking leadership with INSPRA. Oh, sure. I'd, I'd love to share. Well, uh, when I'm asked this question, I always start at the beginning. And that is, I came by my love and passion for public education organically and authentically because my dad was a teacher and principal and curriculum science specialist when he retired. And my mom was the secretary in my elementary school. And they both worked for the Carroll County school system in Maryland, which was a, and still is pretty much a rural, uh, small town community. It was the best place to grow up. So idyllic, so wonderful. And so uh, I've, I've had public, ha- public education coursing through my veins since I was little. Um, But my love for public education and communications really got meshed when I landed a job at the American Association of School Administrators back in the late 80s as editor of the School Administrator magazine. And I just thought that was just the absolute best because it didn't even feel like work because all of a sudden I had this aha moment this my two loves communications which i had majored in in college and gotten a master's degree uh in public relations management all of a sudden just just came together so um so i spent a number of years at aasa and learned really how a national association runs um was very involved in the development of their strategic plan i think maybe the first strategic plan because that's when strategic planning was coming on the scene. And, um, and then I moved, I was invited to apply for uh, the communications director position at a school system called Alexandria City Schools, 
which is right here in Northern Virginia, where I live. And it was a, it still is an urban, diverse, very diverse school system. We had um, children from represented from every country in the world in that school school division. It was um, about eleven thousand students when I was there, and so so I cut my teeth on you know local school district communications and made lifelong friends there. It was a wonderful school system. It, it was it sits right across the river from Washington DC so it it has a it, it tended to have uh, the drop-ins of uh, mega mega politicians like uh, let's see Bill Clinton who came wow. to our high school to give the first uh, address uh, after the Columbine shooting um, yeah and as well as uh, George and Lara Bush came um, during the war in Afghanistan because they were promoting uh, girls attending school so we had a great opportunity to host some of these uh, really visionary and uh, you know outstanding folks in, from the political world and then after Alexandria City Schools, I went on to uh, the National School Boards Association, and I spent a number of years there as their communications director, which was an awesome place because NSBA was and still is a real leader in policy development, lobbying, uh, and particularly around the uh, Supreme Court. They, they filed many uh, Friends of the Court briefs uh, on various issues and still do to this day. So that was really fun. And then went into, uh, went over across the county line and went to um, Fairfax County Public Schools, where I was assistant superintendent for communications and community outreach. And that was a great experience because it was a mega, it, it still is a mega district. It's the top I think the 10th largest in the nation with um, 200 schools and uh, 187,000 students. Uh, so I had this, um, this incredible range of experiences, both at the national level and local level. And then uh, once I left Fairfax, I decided it was time to open up my own business. And, um, and for, so for the last five years before NSPRA, I, led my own company, Hunter Communications, and had the awesome opportunity to work with a number of districts around the country and throughout Virginia um, on helping them with crisis communications, community engagement, you know, customer service training, just a, a wide variety of, of uh, you know, challenges that they face. So I guess it, when, when I, you know, I, when I share my background, it, like all roads kind of led to NSPRA because mm -hmm. um, I've always, I've been a member of NSPRA for 20 years and, um, and I was served on the board for a few years as well as um, I was a chapter president uh, of the Chesapeake chapter of NSPRA uh, back in the mid 2000s. So, you know, I just uh, feel like this is just the perfect time for me to give back to um, this wonderful organization that has done so much for me. Well, we are so lucky to have you. I mean, I'm, I'm making all of these notes as we talk because you've had such incredibly diverse and fantastic experiences. And even after we conclude this interview, I can't wait to have an offline conversation with you about some of the work <laughs> that we can maybe do 
around not so much political lobbying, but just really advocating in that political arena since you've got some experience. But I don't want to go too far down the rabbit trail because Barbara, you will learn that I live for the rabbit trails. I go all over the place. (laughs) Great. (laughs) But let's go back to your journey. Okay. So when our previous executive director, Rich, when he announced his retirement, that obviously opened up a vacancy for executive leadership for our national organization. Now you've just shared all about your different experiences and the different kind of avenues that have, as you said, all roads led to Innsbruck, which is funny because we usually say that about the road to Innsbruck. So what about this posting made you go, this feels like the best fit for me right now? Well, Erin, I always uh, thought that that would be the ultimate uh, capstone of my career. If I could serve Enspra in that role and help the organization grow even more and do even better things, I just, I'd always had my eye on that, even though I, I knew Rich was in it for the long haul and nobody knew when, you know, he was, he was going to announce his retirement, but it really happened at a time where it just fit perfectly with, with my career. So you've been on the job where we're interviewing in December. This episode is going to air in January. So you've been on the job about a month two and months. a half, two months now? Uh, two, two months, exactly. Two months exactly. We are so happy to have you. So as we move into what I know we're also tired of saying this, but like this has clearly been an unprecedented year. We kind of have a new normal. All these terms we're tired of hearing, but this is kind of a wild time to take on a new job. What are some of these new initiatives and focuses that we as Insprint members can anticipate while still trying to delicately balance just paving our way through this pandemic? Well, Erin, I, I think that's a great question. And one of the things I'm committed to is looking at everything that Enspra is doing, every product, every service, seeing what the, uh, the, the value is to members, seeing what the benefit is, and, and listening to members and potential members extremely closely. I call it my learning and listening tour. Mm-hmm. And I will be uh, virtually meeting with or in person as soon as I can, uh, attending chapter meetings all around the country, uh, meeting with other various groups uh, who are committed to school PR, because that's how Ensper is going to learn and grow, uh, is by, because our mission really is our members, right? Mm-hmm. And um and I really feel so strongly that we need to keep our eye on our customer who, who you know, is our, our members and listen to what they need, listen to what they want. This is, as you said, this has been, um, 2020 was a heck of a year. Uh, and I think you're, you're right. We're all happy to have it behind us. And, um, and, and I think people will start to see and for change, uh, the, our board has uh, spent already two meetings focused on developing a strategic plan. We hope to finalize that in May and roll it out at the July uh, National Seminar, mm-hmm. which will be really exciting. And that will be our roadmap 
to lead us forward and it's going to be informed. You know, we're going to use the, the RPI method, the research, the planning, the implementation, the evaluation, those things that we know um, result in a solid plan. And, um, and currently we're, I, I'm deep into the research stage. And so I urge anybody uh, to email me at bhunter at, at nspra.org to share their ideas, give me a call. Uh, I, because I'm all ears and, um, and that's, and I always will be that way, you know, because we, NSPA really exists for its members and, um, and, and we need to be strategic because we have limited resources. You know, we have a small staff, mm-hmm. uh, staff of six, including me. And so we need to be incredibly strategic about how we spend our valuable time and resources and make sure what we're doing results in the biggest impact and value to our members. So that's really what I'm going to be focused on. I think that sounds like a really solid beginning. And I deeply appreciate you encouraging our listeners to reach out to you. And listeners, I can tell you just from firsthand experience, I have already had the pleasure of sitting on a subcommittee on a Zoom with Barbara, and she really was just very open to ideas because there was a lot of feedback Some of it was positive. Some of it was areas of growth, as we know that there is in everything. And she really seemed like she was ready to take that and run with that. So I I just really appreciate you sharing that. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I'm all ears. Hey, guys, Aaron and I are excited to have Class Intercom back as a sponsor this year for School PR Happy Hour. Last season, I told you about how my student interns took over the district's Instagram, and we saw immediate growth by using their voice to tell their story on their campuses. Class Intercom is more than just a tool for students to use to post to social media. Class Intercom is a social media management tool that offers unlimited users, approvals, and archiving at an affordable price, and they're built specifically for schools and school districts. Head over to classintercom.com and sign up for a demo today. So you mentioned National Seminar. I had this question for the end of my notes, but I think this feels like a natural segue. Obviously, we are desperate to get back to National Seminar. It was heartbreaking to miss last year. I know that it's way too early to be able to say anything definitive, but how are you feeling about maybe being able to have an in-person seminar this year in New Orleans? Well, Erin, I am really happy to share with you that we are making plans to do a hybrid seminar. Very cool. We will be uh, offering it in person as well as virtually. And we feel like that is the best way for our members who can travel, who want to travel, who feel comfortable traveling to have that in-person experience that, you know, is so vital to our association and our members. Mm-hmm. It's just that INSPRA seminar is, is just the best thing um, in, in mind, body, and, and spirit, right? Um, and then for those members and, and other folks who won't be able to travel either due to budgets or health concerns, they're just not comfortable getting on a plane, uh, we're going to offer uh, the conference virtually as well. So we're starting to pull that together, and I think it's going to be exciting and really packed full of some some new and different experiences, and I'm, I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited about that, too. I know a dear friend of mine who works in school PR popped into my mind when you were sharing that, 
and she's someone who really contributes to our field and has long been involved, but she's immunocompromised. And so I, I would imagine, I'm not going to speak for her, but I would imagine that this person probably does not plan to travel anytime in the next year. So what a wonderful opportunity for her to be mm -hmm. able to get that enriching experience. Thank you for considering that. Yeah. And we're going to, absolutely. Um, because we know everyone is different and everyone has different concerns. And I, I think those who can travel will, and those mm -hmm. who can't, um, we're going to, we're just going to provide some great extras for the, that virtual audience. So it won't be that they're, they're going to feel, oh, this is sort of the, you know, the plan B of the conference. They're, they're going to get some fun stuff that in, in person, uh, the, the people who are attending uh, live maybe won't have access to. So stay tuned. Yeah, I think that's an absolutely wonderful idea. Um, so you talked about your learning and listening tour, which I loved hearing you say that because every time I've ever had a new superintendent, I would always encourage them to have sort of a listening tour and put that plan in place. So I love that this is so applicable. But on your tour thus far, where, what are the areas that you feel like INSPRA really excels right now? And then also, if you've identified areas where you'd like to grow or maybe some opportunities and you feel comfortable sharing that, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, of course. Well, one of the areas that we excel in that I think we have touched on um, through our conversation about the seminar is our networking. Our, our folks are just absolutely need and want that connection, that camaraderie the feeling that people get it because we've all lived it. And that's one of the things that just blew me away um, at my first Ensper conference many, many years ago. All of a sudden, I didn't have to explain what I did. People understood what I did and they understood my headaches and my joys and the challenges, right? And um, oh my goodness, it it was incredible. So I think Ensper truly excels at that. And we're going to take a look at how we can expand those networking opportunities, perhaps virtually, um, because we are really getting used to connecting over Zoom and other platforms. And so we're going to be looking at how we can expand that networking um, in a way that um, people are already comfortable with the technology. Of course, uh, opportunities to change. There's, um, you know, I, personally, and, uh, you know, and what we hear is that NSPRA members get a lot of emails from NSPRA. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes they're hard to differentiate uh, between those emails. So I think what you're going to see my vision that's shaping is um, to really provide a targeted, uh, compelling content um, on a on a very regular basis. Uh, because you know, already we're hearing, uh, I'm hearing that we get a lot of emails, and I don't have time to look through those emails. And right. there may be some good content in there, but I just don't have time because I'm doing you know 14 things at once which I totally get because that used to be my world in school communications. Oh yeah. And here's the 15th thing. Right. right. Um, so yeah. So that so far that's that, you know, I, that those are our, that's how things are, um, you know, shaping up, but stay tuned. Uh, we'll, and we'll continue to keep uh, our members informed and engaged around all these changes. It's so interesting to me that you said that about the emails. So I'm currently in a master's program, and one of my professors told us in one of our lectures 
that in her opinion, in strategic communications, email is no longer one of those methods of communication that requires an immediate response. And I'm still processing this because in my head, as a professional, if you receive an email, you should respond in about 24 hours. And this professor's opinion Mm -hmm. was that it really more is kind of turning into like a within the week, especially if you have other ways that you communicate on your team through like Slack or something like that, that email is, is less important as a communication tool, which I know is not what we were talking Mm -hmm. about, but you saying that about the emails made me think about that. What's your opinion? Well, I, I do think as we get bombarded with, you know, even more ways to communicate, e- email may start to slide to take a back seat. I, I personally try and respond to emails, you know, within 24 hours, if not mm-hmm. sooner, just because I just think most people expect that. I, I love when uh, <laughs> when we were in, in person working and you'd pass somebody in the hall and they say, hey, did you get my email? And I <laughs> yes. would often want to say to them, if you send it to me, then I have, <laughs> I've received it. <laughs> you know, it's like, you don't need to tell me you sent me an email and check on whether I'm, it was, it was one of the funniest things. And it was like one of my pet peeves. Yes, I got your email. If you sent it to me, I got it. <laughs> and usually they've sent it about three minutes beforehand. And they're curious why you haven't responded yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's too funny. Oh, I miss those days. I know. I miss I miss seeing people in person. I'm just going to lose my mind if we do make it to national conference because I'm such an extrovert and these are my people. This is my tribe. I don't I don't know yeah. how I'm going to even be able to control myself. Yes, I know. I know. I am with you. I think I think we're all there. I think we are. I really do. So kind of to, you know, to make that segue work there too. You talked about how our Inspira or how Inspira in general really excels at networking. And that's exactly what we were talking about. We love seeing each other. We get a lot from these presentations, but we really get a lot from getting to know each other. Now, on that note, if you're kind Mm -hmm. of a new professional, if you've been in the industry for just a couple of years, or maybe it's your first or second seminar, this is such a tight knit group that that can be just the tiniest bit intimidating until you get to know people and everyone's wonderful. So what do you think are a few good ways that our members can start to get involved in Inspire? I think I think they're doing a good job reaching out to their state chapters. That's kind of their comfort zone, but there's so much enriching experience in being involved in the national organization. Yeah, I, I think that's a great question, Erin, and, and one that I think we're going to uh, ponder as we move forward. Um, it, it does feel like a big old party when when you arrive on the scene and you know at, at the seminar and people are hugging each other and mm-hmm. and if you're a newbie you kind of get lost in all that unless you know you're connected to your region or your your state chapter um mm-hmm. which is nice but you may even be a newbie to the state chapter so right. um one of the things that we we see um we've been seeing as something that inspire members want is an opportunity for mentorship, uh, either to be a mentor or to be a mentee. And I think this would be an awesome way to connect uh, two people, right, who can mm-hmm. uh, show the, the new person, the newbie, um, the ropes and uh, get them connected at the seminar and um, keep that relationship going long after the seminar. Uh, it's something that I'm hearing frequently, and we're definitely going to be exploring to see the possibilities around that. 
I love that. I think that'd be a huge value add and just everybody can use somebody to just be a soundboard for career and life advice. What a great idea. Absolutely. So in your role as executive director, you've been in the role long enough now to know what you're doing, but you're still new. What are you most excited about in this role? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I Well, I wake up every morning excited and I get to work and I don't want to leave work. Um, and that's how excited I am about what I I'm doing. That. I don't know whether... I don't know whether there's just one thing that that I'm most excited about. Uh, I tell you what, we have a, an outstanding board that is, uh, I have never seen a board this excited, energetic, enthusiastic, committed. All of them are just um, full of great ideas, but very mindful still of their role as, you know, a governance board. Mm -hmm. Um, but they are really, we have really formed a great team and really exciting time working with them because they're all brilliant in their own ways and they all bring, um, their own set of experiences and diversity to the table. And it's, it, that is really exciting. That is very exciting. Um, but just again, Building on Enspris Foundation, Rich Bacon has left us an amazing foundation. We're so financially healthy. Mm -hmm. um, and building on that to move forward, I hope to grow the association significantly uh, in, in our membership and um, it, it, it expand even more the ways that we can serve our members. That, that's what really makes me most excited. Well, I just love that. I can tell that you're going to be the sort of leader who does support their members and serves the members. And I'm just so delighted that you're here. Thank you, Erin, so much. Absolutely. So we always try to round out our interviews by asking our interview subject about an educator that affected or changed their own life. Do you have an educator that made a profound difference in your world? I've often thought of this question. And <laughs> I, I I will have to be honest. I think my high school English teacher would be stunned to, to know that I am where I'm at. And I, <laughs> I pursued the career I did because I don't think she had much, much faith in me as a, as a, a, anyone who was handling the language writing or speaking. Uh, honestly, um, her name was Barbara as well. And I'll never forget her. Um, but she was, uh, she looked at me with a bit of disdain every day. And I just, you know, <laughs> shrugged my shoulders and just, you know, kept on doing what I was doing. Got my C's, uh, you know, not oh A's and B's, gosh. but C's in English. And uh, so I don't know whether I'm, I'm succeeding just to irritate to spite her. her. <laughs> 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 That's amazing. I, I wish I had a lovely story of, of some teacher who, you know, was the wind beneath my wings, but I really don't. <laughs> I have uh, professionals, of course, that I have come across in my career that have served as those, um, those inspirational folks, though. Absolutely. That's hilarious. I mean, we're all motivated by different things, right? I have long said anybody <laughs> watching me in my master's program would have laughed if they knew me as an undergraduate because it is a very different learning and educational experience. My grades look a little different as a grown up. Yes, right? 
Well, that's the, that's the wisdom that you get, right? As, as we age. (laughs) Exactly. Well, Barbara, you've already shared your email with us. Um, but I know there are people who are going to want to connect with you. I know you're, you're active on Twitter. Do you have some social handles that you'd like to share for our listeners? Sure. I'm mostly active on uh, Twitter and my handle is, uh, at Enspra underscore ED as an executive Mm -hmm. director. So absolutely love hearing from folks on Twitter. Um, I just really find that to be the most effective way and really fun way for me to connect with folks. It is. Absolutely. Well, Barbara, is there anything else that you want to share about your role or what you're excited in before we kind of close this out? Well, Erin, I just want to really thank everybody who's listening and, um, and just tell them to keep up the good work. This has been, I think we're, I think we're going to look back on this and history will show that this has been the most challenging time in, in our mm-hmm. lives. And I know that school communications folks have been on the front lines constantly navigating this very challenging time. So I just, my heart goes out to every one of you who are working so hard on behalf of your families and your students and your schools. Um, just keep up all the great work. And Inspir's here to support you in that. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you so much for this. Thank you, Erin. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, School PR, we made it. We actually survived 2020. I know that we aren't through everything yet, but 2021 is going to be better. I'm determined. It's a brand new set of opportunities to serve the public school students across the country, to further your own development, and to take chances. As we returned from our hiatus, I wanted to thank all of you. School PR really showed up last year. You hustled endlessly and proved that you were essential to your district. Justin and I both hope that you took a chance to recharge over the break and that you're ready to get back to work. Thank you as well for the incredible support of this podcast. It's incredibly overwhelming and a great honor to continue to connect with all of you this way. And of course, a very special thanks to our incredible national leader, Barbara Hunter APR, for joining me on this episode. Please connect with us by email at schoolprhappyhour at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at sprhappyhour, where we will respond back with a ton of Schitt's Creek gifts, or follow us on Instagram at schoolprhappyhour. And until next time, let's all try to be a little bit better at our jobs every day.